So Money Episode 165, Kimra Luna. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Happy to have you join me here on the podcast. Today's guest came to me through a friend recommendation, and here's what my friend had to say. She said, hey, Farnoosh, I want to tell you about Kimra Luna, whom I think could be a great fit for your podcast. She's a mom of three kids who went from struggling on welfare to generating $890,000 in the very first year of her online marketing business. This allowed her to retire her husband, a FedEx driver, who now helps her with the business. She has one of the most passionate followings I've ever seen online. She runs a popular Facebook group called Freedom Hackers with over 10,000 members. She has about 14,000 people on her newsletter list and generated over $720,000 on her most recent launch of Be True Brand You with no affiliates. Wow. And she says, Kimra's Freedom Hackers Mastermind has become the number one online Facebook community for networking and learning how to grow a successful online business. Her $2,000 program, Be True Brand You, has almost 500 students. And actually, Kimra earned not just $720,000 from that recent launch, but altogether almost a million dollars in sales in the course of a year launching her online platform. And my friend goes on to say that what I think is so cool about Kimra is her unapologetic authenticity. She has blue hair and tells it like it is and her killer mindset. And so, yeah, I had to learn more. I was like, I need Kimra on So Money. I quickly booked her. No brainer. I'm excited to say she said yes. She's on the show today. And what a killer mindset she has. I selfishly actually wanted to meet her to learn how she's made so much money online in such a short period of time. This isn't a get rich quick episode, but it's really about um, how one woman managed to, despite a lot of adversity, living, you know, on welfare at one point in her life and just um, struggling financially to be able to get the inspiration and also the willpower, wherewithal, hard work, determination to take her family from you know, zero to a hundred in, in less than a year. My goodness. So we're going to learn how from food stamps to almost millionaire, how did she do it? How she went from being a digital nobody as she describes herself to generating almost a million dollars in online sales in her first year, the exact steps to building a massive online community and how her life's changed now that she and her family of five, three kids have more money than they ever thought they would. So here is the lovely Kimra Luna. Kimra Luna, welcome to So Money. I am selfish today. I want you on the show because I want to learn as much about your success as anybody else on the show who's listening. So welcome. I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Uh, so uh, we have a mutual friend, Selena. Uh, who uh, you're working with and I actually worked with at one point. She's a wonderful online um, media extraordinaire, uh, connector, marketer, all in one. Selena Sue, if you're interested in looking her up or if you want her contact info, folks, just email me. 
Um, she is wonderful. And so she emailed me, right? And she's like, you gotta, you gotta meet, um, Kimra. She told me your backstory about how you went from food stamps and welfare to now making almost a million dollars. Let's just call it almost a million dollars because it's like $900,000 and growing, um, in the first year of your online marketing business. Wow. Self-taught. As you said, you went from being a digital nobody to generating all this money in online sales, crafting this immense online community. How did you do it? Okay, can you walk me through the steps, um, at least just the most important steps that you think you took that really got you from zero to almost a million? Well, I think one of the biggest steps, it was applying the things that I learned. I spent almost an entire year or a little over a year being completely obsessed with online marketing. I learned everything from everybody. I was listening to tons of podcasts. I was reading every blog post I could. I was attending every webinar I possibly could because at the time I didn't have the money to really invest in a lot of the online courses. I didn't have the money to hire a business coach. So I just devoured the information and then started applying it. And I think that's one of the major differences I have compared to a lot of people who are still struggling is that I actually apply the information that I learn and test it out. And I'm not afraid to test out things. I'm not afraid to try the new things and see if it's going to work for me. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Oh, well, I move on to the next. And you did this all while, excuse me, having a family. Yes. How, did, how did you find the time? I did it all with them. Um, my husband worked 10 hours a day. He was a driver for FedEx. So he was delivering packages all day. And I was at home listening to podcasts and watching webinars. And I would sit and watch Creative Live for like eight hours straight, <laughs> you know, and just taking breaks to like feed the kids, you know. And was it overkill at any point? Because I feel like there's so much information out there. If I started to do this, I would just – I would start like talking to myself in a corner of a room. Like I would just have so much overwhelmness. Um, how did you distill it all in a way that was actionable for you? Well, the main thing was is because I didn't have a lot of money, I could only apply certain things. Some of the things people were like, oh, well, you know, there's this and you got to, you know, hire all these people for these things. And I couldn't afford those things. So I just did the things I could afford. And... And I had a blog that I had for about a year and I did very, very well on it. I did great, especially using Pinterest. I, I got pretty popular on Pinterest and it was a food and health and wellness blog and, and it was really great, but I didn't have the monetization part down. And then finally I decided, okay, like I really want to monetize. I want to make a real business, but I, and I had learned so much about online marketing and I decided, Hey, I'm just going to start my own business, teaching people all the stuff that's inside my head. Um, so yeah. So now your course is freedom hackers over 10,000 members, um, well, it's a Facebook group called Freedom Hackers, right? And it's got over 10,000 members. How did you amass so many people? And I mean, a year is a long time, but it's not a lot of time. How did you really hit the ground running? Facebook ads. So during that whole year, I had my blog. I was also, at that time, I was also in a network marketing company. Um, 
And I, you know, decided I'm, hey, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this. But I had watched tons of webinars on Facebook ads I because there's a lot of different people who train on it. And I kind of got a lot of different people's perspectives. And so I was starting a whole new brand from scratch. And I was like, I need to get in front of people. I need eyeballs to see my stuff. It doesn't matter if I'm creating content. I didn't want to rely on SEO because that would have took me like five years to get a following, <laughs> right? Yes. And um, so I decided um, to do webinars because I saw that webinars, people were getting tons of people on those. So I was like, hey, I can start my audience by doing webinars. I did free webinars. I used Facebook ads to um, get people onto my webinars. Most of my webinars, I had nothing to even sell on them. The only thing I sold was, hey, if you like this content, join my Facebook group. And that's how my Facebook group started. Gotcha. Okay. Tell me about Facebook ads because I feel like it's – is there a method to the madness? I mean, obviously there is. You got 10,000 members in, in a short period of time. What are the what are like the top two tips you would give anybody who wants to invest in Facebook? And does it take a lot of money? It doesn't take a lot of money. In the, in the beginning, I started out pretty small. My first few webinars, I spent just a few hundred dollars – And, um, but I was able to get about a thousand people on my email list within just a few weeks. And people are like, what? That's crazy. And I'm like, well, I didn't even spend that much money. Um, it was pretty risky for me at the time because like I said, I didn't really have some sort of thing to sell. And what ended up happening was because I was doing these webinars, people started asking me, hey, can you teach me these things one-on-one? Because I was teaching a lot of technical things, you know, showing people how to use a Google Hangout and and people would say, hey, I want you to show me one-on-one how to do this. So I decided to do kind of like techie business coaching type of thing. And I ended up, you know, making more money with that. And then I used that money to invest in doing more ads and, and keep on keeping on building my audience and using that money for tools. And I ended up making $10,000 in my first six weeks. And so I asked my husband, can you please quit your job? Um, <laughs> because I need more time to work with all these clients that we're rolling in. And, um, and so he, he did. He, was he okay with that? Yes, he was, he was completely okay with that. Um, he, he totally trusted what, you know, me and, and what I was doing. And he knew I had the knowledge and skill set because he knew how many hours I had been putting in for a whole year. Um, being this kind of obsessed mad woman <laughs> about online marketing. And he, he just trusted and believed in me. So he was like, all right, cool. Like, let's go for it. Let's do this head on. I'm, you know, me and my husband, we always think, okay, if we if we're gonna take a risk and do something, we just think, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? And I'm like, okay, the worst that would happen is we both end up with jobs at Target. You know what I mean? Like we we weren't gonna starve to death. You know, like we we knew that we just had to go for it because you know the you only have so much time in your life. You know, and I wanted to build something great for my children, and you know, it's like I don't know. To me, it was an easy decision. So. You mentioned on your website, in your narrative, that your husband and and you are generally positive-minded people, and that's actually what helped you accomplish what you've accomplished. It's that, it's that sense of like, what's the worst case scenario? We're, we're still healthy. We have our lives. We have our family. You know, we're able-bodied. So that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. I it, 
because I've had a lot of people that are just like, you know, how did you get, you know, your, your husband to, to go along with all this, you know? Um, and cause there's a lot of people's husbands who wouldn't, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of spouses who would not go along with this type of thing. And, you know, I had only had my business for six weeks and I was like, okay, it's, it's time, you know, it's time. And it was a very, very great decision because then he was able to help me with my business. I was able to have more time with my community, more time giving value, more time doing webinars. And, um, to me, it was one of the best decisions we made was for him to leave his job quickly rather than, you know, oh, well, let's wait six months to see if this keeps going. Um, if that would have happened, it, it, I don't think the results would have been the same. So we're going to transition now to my so many questions, but I have to ask this because uh, it's not every day you meet somebody who went from like zero to $900,000 in sales in one year. How has your life changed the, the most given this new financial reality that you're in that you have now really a lot of wealth? How How are you going about it? What's... How has it changed your life? Well, it's kind of funny because even as like the the money was coming in and people would be like, oh, you know, you need to go and like reward yourself and, and all this stuff. And a lot of times it's like I couldn't even think of things to buy. I was like, what would I purchase? Like what would I do? And at the time I had – when I first did – when I did my first launch, that's when I found out I was pregnant with my third son. So I have two – I have a six-year-old. Well, he's almost six, a three-year-old. And then I was pregnant with my, my baby who I just recently had. He's 10 weeks old now. And at the time, people were just like, oh, you should travel somewhere. I'm like, dude, I'm like pregnant and nauseous. Like, I don't want to be traveling anywhere. <laughs> so it was kind of like I didn't really have something to, to buy even. And we were definitely people who, you know, quote unquote, live below our means. I mean, half of my house doesn't even have furniture in it because I'm like, why would I waste money on stuff that I don't need when I could spend money on Facebook ads instead? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so to me, it was, it was kind of like, yes, our, our life, we, we feel more freedom. You know, I'm able to go places and if I see something cool that I, that I want to grab or I want to, you know, just grab something for the kids or something, I can do that. And it feels great to be able to do those sorts of things. But it also feels great to be able to help out friends and family who maybe need things. It's great to be able to, um, you know, give to charities that I really believe in. Cause before, you know, we were barely paying the bills. So it was like, I didn't have anything extra really. Um, I think for like two years time, I had one pair of jeans, you know, um, that's kind of just how we lived. And we still, we're still kind of in that same thing. Like we don't, we don't need all these extravagant things, even though we technically could afford a lot of them. That's um, fascinating. I have to say that's very singular. I think in the way that cause sometimes people like it's a rush, you know, it's quite the windfall. People get $3,000 in their tax refund and they go crazy. You get, you know, you make six figures, almost seven figures in a year. And you're like, I'm okay with my two pairs of jeans. Yeah. Um, it's very, psychologically, I think that's fascinating. I think it's wonderful. What would you say if you had to kind of distill what you just said into a financial philosophy, what would be your money mantra? My money mantra would be just enjoy the money that you have. I think, I think that'd be it. Just enjoy the money that you have. Yeah. Like you, like keep that good relationship with the money 
because I know now, you know, how to create that wealth. And I know that I can use the wealth I have to invest in and create more wealth so that my children and children's children will be able to to have that as well. Um, Because that's something that to me is very important. It's important to be able to create a legacy for my children and their children and even more than that. Um, so we've been using our money very wisely. We, um, we're, we're the type that we, we put it away and we, we think strategically when we're going to spend and invest. Do you feel like you were destined to achieve this? That, that, you know, there was something inside of you, inside of you saying, um, there's so much more out there. You just have to go and grab it. Did you have that voice? Yes, yes, definitely. I've been I've been kind of like this since I was a little girl actually. I've always known that I wanted to be a positive influence on people. I always knew I wanted to help people. I wake up ready to serve. You know, I wake up like, oh my gosh, I need to go in my Facebook group and help answer people's questions. Oh my gosh, I need to, you know, help people in my program the best I can. Um, I just wake up ready to serve and I knew that I would have this someday. I knew it. I've known this since I was little. Known it. That's awesome. Okay. Not to get too down, not to get too down, but what is your biggest financial failure? Hmm. Being a little too trusting. Um, when I first started, um, when I built my website, um, there was one person who, um, kind of took a little bit of advantage of me being a newbie. She charged me a thousand dollars. And at the time I didn't have like the money to just be, you know, spending on whatever, you know, um, she charged me a thousand dollars to put like a little opt-in on their website when I could have paid someone like, $20 to do that. Um, so that was, but it was a learning experience because since that happened to me now, I'm, I'm much more not necessarily cautious because I do, I do like to hire people out for things that I don't need or I don't want to do. I'm just like, I don't want to do this here. You do it. You know, um, I'm, I'm okay with that, but it made me realize that, there are some people who will be after you for the money if they know you have some. Um, it made me realize that sometimes everybody's not necessarily nice. And in this industry, not everybody's going to be friendly. So um, it was a good lesson to learn. And I'm glad I learned it right at the beginning of starting my business because then I was able to, um, you know, trust my instincts more as I moved along. Wow. Have you gone back to her since and say... Yeah, you know, too bad you didn't yeah, charge me I, more. <laughs> I let her know. I let her know. I mean, I, I was very upset when it happened because I, when I first started my business, my husband was like, okay, we have $5,000 on a credit card and we can use this card. We had no other debt, right? We were completely debt-free family. Even though we were like broke, we were still debt-free. We didn't have like a bunch of credit card debt or any of that sort of stuff. But he told me, we can get this credit card because our credit was pretty good. We can get this credit card, $5,000. That's all you have for your business. So $1,000 for somebody to totally basically rip off from me mm. was a lot. I mean, I was crying. You know, um, it was a lot of money at the time. And, you know, I, I called her. I was extremely upset about it. And, um, you know, I said, I'm not expecting a refund, but I just want you to know that it was very hurtful. 
And she didn't um, tell you it was going to cost a thousand dollars. She no, she told me, but I didn't realize that the work that I was asking her to do was something that could take someone five minutes. Yeah, I didn't realize it because I was still so new, you know. So I didn't realize it, and you know, I told her how hurtful it was to me, and um, I hope that she took that to heart. I don't, I don't know if she did. I still see her around, like on Facebook groups and stuff, and you know, if somebody's like, "Oh, have you worked with this person?" I say, "Don't work with her," you know. But um, you know, it's um, I, I told her how hurtful it was to me, and I think now that she sees, you know, how much success I have and stuff like that. I mean, if she would have charged me properly and done a great job, I probably would have been referring a bunch of people to her. Right. Yeah. Um, so mm. I think now she's like, oh, crap, man. I shouldn't have been such a jerk. <laughs> well, I, I want to go back and explore a little bit more of your childhood. And, you know, you mentioned that even as a little girl, you always felt that you were destined to help people. What was your financial perspective growing up? Um, what would you say was your biggest money memory as a kid? Well, I was raised on welfare complete, straight up, never even owned new clothes until I was like in high school. My first pair, I remember my first pair of brand new jeans that I got. And my stepdad bought those jeans. I was so freaking excited to get a pair of brand new jeans. I never had one my entire life. I was like 14 years old and got a new pair of jeans. And I think because I was raised that way where if you got one thing, you were excited for it and you appreciated it. You were grateful for it. I think that has given me a great perspective on money and it helped me, you know, realize that money is to be used for things that you're going to feel grateful for. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah. I'm, so yeah, you got those jeans at 14. Did you wear them every day? Almost, almost <laughs> as much as I could. Um, I mean, I still had a lot of uh, clothes from like the thrift store. Yeah. And my mom, she was um, a seamstress for quite a while. So we used to, um, and I'm a punk rock chick. You guys on the podcast can't see me, right? But I'm a punk rock chick. You know, I always had all the patches all over my clothes and all that stuff. And because my mom was a seamstress, she taught me how to sew. And um, I would make my clothes that I got from the thrift store into like cooler clothes, you know, my own mm-hmm. style type of thing. So we made it work, even though, you know, we didn't have money growing up. Um, but I just still remember getting like a pair of jeans that nobody had ever wore before. It was just so it was just such a different experience. And I remember it very, very vividly um, in my life. So it must have been a very important thing in my life. So thank you for bringing that out. I didn't even like remember that till like right now. <laughs> yeah. See, well, that's what the show's all about. Thank you for remembering it. Uh, so now I want to ask about your so money moment, like a moment probably recently, right, where you achieved uh what you might call like a financially so money moment, a time where you really hit it big time financially. I mean, I know that you have been crushing it the last year, but was there like one particular moment that you thought, wow, whoa, can't believe it? Yeah. When I was doing my launch in February, um, I I had wanted my list to be much bigger. I figured, hey, if I could get my email list to like 20,000 by the time I do my launch, you know, I'm going to do super, super amazing. I thought, well, well, if I make my list to like 20000 I should probably make like maybe a $200,000 launch, right? Like I figured I could convert that many people. And um, the funny thing was is I didn't reach that goal. I didn't reach my goal of having 20,000 people on my email list. I still don't have 20,000 people on my email list. I have 14,000 now. Um, 
But I remember when I was doing the the early bird special during my launch, I usually have early bird open for a few days and then I raise the price. The day that the price was raising, it was raising from 1800 to 2000. The day that the price was raising, I had a hundred people sign up that day. My phone was going off the hook because I have like a notification, like my husband set up one of those, um, I, those, one of those IT, what's it called? If this, then that thing, those IFTTT things. Yes. He had that set up. So my phone, every single time I got a specific email saying like someone made a paint, you know, signed up or whatever, um, he set it up so that the phone would go ka-ching. So my phone was like ka-ching, like a bajillion times that day. It just kept going and going. I was like, oh my gosh, like all these people are signing up. It was crazy. Crazy! It was so crazy. I was just like, "Oh my gosh! Like, what is going on That's here?" Two hundred, almost two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, in that day. In the day. Yeah. <sighs> that was a very, very, very big um, financial day for me. Probably, my, probably my biggest day. Well, actually, the day the doors closed, I had I had a hun- about almost a hundred people sign up too on that day. So, um, okay, so you know yeah. what I'm doing right now? I'm going to Camera Luna on Facebook. And I'm going to like your page because <laughs> I need to get some of this juju. I need to understand how this is working because, you know, we don't, I don't believe in get rich quick and you did not get rich quick. You, you, I mean, how many hours do you think you poured into learning about online marketing? How many hours? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like do 300 times eight. <laughs> <laughs> 24, wait, 300 times eight, 2,400. Yeah, something like that. Like, I mean, crazy amounts. I spent over a year learning everything and I still am learning every day. I'm still like buying courses and watching people's stuff and watching webinars and listening to all these podcasts. I'm always learning. Like my brain just like wants to absorb this stuff. So I keep learning and keep learning and keep learning. But yeah, I I spent a lot of freaking hours, a lot um, I actually had a friend who was staying at my house at one point. She stayed at her house for about a month and she could not believe she, she's like, you're really going to sit there watching this thing on creative live all day. She thought I was nuts, you know? And I'm like, yes, I'm going to watch this all day. And I had like piles and piles of notes that I was taking. It was just, it was just craziness. But I, I literally, I just became obsessed. And I think it's because I, it's like I finally had something that I just loved. Like I love the online marketing space. It's not like, oh, I just do this so I can make money. No, I love online marketing. Like I would still have my Freedom Hackers Mastermind group. I would still be doing webinars even if I wasn't making money. What do you, what like do you love about it so much? I mean, for some people, they don't – like, explain to the person who's like, what the heck is online marketing? It's just this very intangible thing. How do you find passion in it? What is it that makes you so excited about it? Is it the connection of the community? It's mainly the community. Um, one of the books that I'd read was Danielle Laporte's Desire Map. Yeah. And in that book, you know, she talks about the core desired feelings. And my like number one core desired feeling is to feel like a rock star. Well, I'm, of course, punk rock chick. I've been this way since I was a teenager. And I, I'm not a ridiculously talented musician. I mean, I could dabble on the guitar. I'm not like some, you know, amazing artist. Like, I, I'm not an actress. So what other way was there to, for me to be like a rock star? Having a huge online community, right? That's my quote-unquote audience. 
So that's what I love about it. I love being able to be in front of people and doing presentations and, and people being like, oh my gosh, great content. Like I love that feeling. Mm -hmm. And some people, before I read that book, The Desire Map, I thought that that type of feeling was something I needed to shut down. I thought that it was something like, oh, that's egotistical to want that. But then when I think about it, I'm like, oh no, I want to inspire people. And in order to inspire people, I need to be in front of people. And there has to be people to be in front of, right? So um, that's the reason why I love this space. I'm able to create that for myself. And maybe it sounds selfish or something, but that's what I like. (laughs) I like it. I enjoy it. Well, so Danielle Laporte's Desire Map works. Folks, she was on So Money way back when we first launched episode 10. Check it out. I'm actually going to re-air the episode next week. Um, Kimra, what's your number one money habit? My number one money habit, I would say, I mean, and this is going to sound very bizarre, is I do not look at my bank account, like at all. I don't even know how to log into my bank account. My husband handles all of that. And I think because I don't really look at it, it actually makes it easier for it to flow into me. Um, I mean, because I'll, I'll just get, you know, checks here and there. I actually cashed one of the biggest checks I'd ever had ever cashed in my life. It was a $17,000 check from doing an affiliate. Um, I, they, um, I did, I did an affiliate. I promoted someone's thing and, and I got a $17,000 check in the mail. We had to go to the bank and actually cash this check. Well, actually we'll deposit the check. They won't let you cash a check that big, but they'll (laughs) deposit this check. And I, I don't even pay attention to the bank though. Like I'm like, okay, camera. No, you need to know. You need to know the password. You need to know where the bank – like just know the basics. I know that your husband can take care of it, but I think you should just at least have like – I get told that all the time. I swear to God, I cannot do it. If I look inside of that – Oh, Carl. You can make $900,000 in a year. You can can figure out how to type in a password into a bank account. Well, it's not that I can't do it. I I don't want to do it. I know how to type in the password. I know how to go in, but I don't want to look at those numbers because – to me, then it's like, okay, you got to put, you know, things over here and put things in. It's like my brain just doesn't work that way. And it never has. Like well, I've never yeah. been able to like pay bills. Like I, I don't do that. And I think because I don't do it, it makes my relationship with money way easier because well, I just tell now. I just, for now, I'm just gonna just because this is like my Trust thing, me. right? I want, I want to, I'm, I'm here to serve you. I'm gonna help you. So I would, I want your husband and you to have just like a monthly check in where he just shows you what he's done. You don't have to talk, you don't have to say anything, but I think it's just important for you to know to have transparency because what if he can't manage the money for a while for some reason and you have to do it? Maybe you'll hire someone to do it, but we you have, have to- some, we do have a person that's hired to do it. Our CPA helps us. Okay. So, yeah, we have a – yeah, he – and that guy, he works a lot, trust me, with all this money organizing it around. <laughs> but, yeah, we do have a CPA and stuff like that. Um, if my husband wasn't able to do it, my, my CPA could, could easily do it for us. Um, but I think because I don't – I don't pay attention to numbers – if I, if I paid attention to the numbers, I think I would start feeling stressed out and like, oh my gosh, we spent that much on this this month. And I stress easily. I do. I totally do. And I know that that's a thing. And that's why I don't look at it. Because when we, before in the past, when I did look at it and I was, you know, organizing it and doing the bills and all that stuff, I was a freaking stress case, man. Like yeah. I just couldn't handle it. I get it. You don't like doing it. You're not alone. So don't do it. Yeah. 
But yeah. I think your husband and you should definitely still have like a check-in just once in a while because it's just good to just be on the same page. You deserve to know how the money is getting managed. Um, and I know you trust your husband, you trust your certified public accountant, but it's just important. It's empowering. If you don't, if you don't know, it's just, I think it's, it, it could get really dark soon. Like you just need to know, just know. Um, you don't have to manage or make decisions. Just be aware of what's happening. And it's not like they're asking for you to, you know, pay the bills or anything. But I think that, you know, you, you work hard. You make good money. You should know how your hard earned money is getting spent. And if that, it shouldn't freak you out. Don't let it freak you out. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I like to be, I like to be coachable, but I don't know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well. We, uh, well, you know, listen to this podcast. Maybe it'll, it'll, um, you know, hopefully inspire you to, to think a little differently. But I feel well, like women should be any- in control of their money. Yeah. Well, if there's anything that I ever want, like I told my husband, like, hey, I want this much money for my launch. He's like, all right, cool. We're setting that aside. That's for the launch. And so it's like, I, to me, it's like I don't really need to. I just don't. Like, there's no, I don't, I don't want to. I don't feel like I need to. Because it's like, if there's something I want to get, if I'm like, hey, we need to spend, you know, $7,000 on a videographer, my husband's like, okay, let me put the money into that account for the videographer. You know, like, so. So your whole know. financial life is hinging on your husband's ability to. And he's amazing at Follow it. your directions. He's amazing. Even when we were on welfare, he was so good at the budgeting and making sure that we were able to be happy and have the things that we needed. Even then, it's yeah. crazy. Crazy. He's so Well, good. you're lucky to have a partner like that that's so buttoned up and he's so my, good. He's my chief financial officer. That's <laughs> his role in my business. <laughs> and you're the chief executive officer from what yes. I gather. Yes. Um, let's do some so money fill in the blanks. If you won a million dollars tomorrow, Kimra, the first thing you would do is – 100 million, I should say. 100 million. A hundred million. Yeah, not a million, because you know what? You already got the million. Let's say you got a hundred million. A hundred million. Hmm. Well, I'd probably start up several other businesses. I have about ten other businesses that I want to do. Um, I I would definitely work on on you know bringing in other multiple streams of income and and following some of my other kind of passion projects that I want to be starting. Um, I would definitely open a um, – I want to I wanna open a venue because I love music. And so I, wanna, I want to have some, some physical lo- uh, location businesses, um, which would be a, a different thing for me. But I think it would be a fun adventure. Um, I definitely would be helping out some of my favorite nonprofit organizations like The Gentle Barn. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, even the money I have now, half the time, I'm just like, well, what should I buy with this stuff? <laughs> so, I mean, besides traveling, I mean, a lot of my yeah. that. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's always been hard because I've always, I remember people that ask like, what would you do if you win the lottery? And I was like, I don't freaking know. Like, <laughs> probably start some businesses. Um, you like to work. Invest. Yeah, I'd put the money to work, you know, definitely. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is my nanny, my housekeeper. <laughs> um, those are two uh, pretty pretty big ones. Um, definitely a lot of my you know my VAs 
that makes my life a lot easier. I could just like message them and be like, Hey, I need this done. And they're like, all right on it. And they get it done. And I'm like, Oh, awesome. Thanks. You know, (laughs) um, that, that sort of stuff, um, I think is really important. I'm still learning a lot about hiring and outsourcing. Um, I did have a VA that I had for several months and I ended up, um, having to let her go. Um, so it's, it's interesting becoming like a boss, Um, you know, like, it's like, I'm a boss now. I have to like, be like, Hey, you do this and you do this to delegate because I, I did everything myself. It was just like me and my husband basically running my business. Um, so, um, hiring a copywriter. Oh my God, that saves you so much freaking time. Um, people have asked me, Oh, why don't you have a bunch of blog posts on your site? Like, why aren't you blogging? I say, because it takes me like two hours to write a freaking blog post. Like that's a lot of time when you have three little kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So three um, kids, my gosh. Yeah. I have three kids. Three. Yeah. And and what are their ages? My oldest is almost six. My middle son is three. And then my younger, my youngest son is eight weeks old. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I have a little. three and eight weeks. All boys. All boys. Yes. My My husband has five brothers. So, you know, the, the genetics, my, my side of the genetics didn't win over his did. (laughs) So all boys. Amazing. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is a lot of money on. Mm -hmm. And you don't spend a lot, but if you had one that was like just a, you know, sort of frivolous, but you love it. Like t-shirts. I love t-shirts. And I do spend a lot of money on like Doctor Who t-shirts, Harry Potter t-shirts, Sherlock. I'm like obsessed with all those shows. And so I like somebody asked me the other day, they're like, is your whole wardrobe just Dr. <laughs> Sherlock <laughs> and Harry Potter stuff? I'm like, pretty much, pretty wow. much. Yeah. Awesome. Rockstar. My, uh, what I wish I had known about money growing up. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is that it's easy to obtain if you're doing what you're passionate about. Perfect. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because you mentioned the the sem- the, the, the gentle the barn. gentle barn, yeah. Yes, I like to give to the Gentle Barn. It's an organization. It's out here in Southern California. Um, they rescue animals. They rescue horses, um, you know, cows, chickens, things like that. Um, I'm vegan. I've I've um, been kind of an animal activist since I was like four years old. My brothers used to call me Lisa Simpson because she's like mm-hmm. an activist, you know. So <laughs> I'm I'm a bit of an activist. And they also have a program there where they help, um, you know, like at risk youth where the because the animals, the way that they have been treated and a lot of those at risk youth have been treated in a similar way. It helps them feel like this this connection with these animals, like the animals understand them. The animals have been through the same things they've been through. And um, it's a really, really just great organization. And that's that's the number one that I that I send money to. Amazing. I love that. And finally, Kimra, I'm so money because. Hmm. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, because I believe in helping people because I believe in serving, I believe in providing immense value to people. Um, I'm not someone, especially when it comes to sales, I like to do things in my own way. I don't feel like I'm actually a super great salesperson. I feel like I'm just great at helping people and that automatically converts into sales. 
$900,000 worth of sales. <laughs> yes. Um, I am now a Facebook fan. I'm, I'm checking out your site, Be True Brand You. Also, KimraLuna.com forward slash Freedom Hackers. Kimra, uh, I couldn't imagine a better person to, to achieve such, such success, hard earned. Congratulations, mommy of three. Um, we love you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Kimra, head over to KimraLuna.com. All the links over at SoMoneyPodcast.com. And remember, I want to hear from you. Ask me your questions about money, work, life, guests, or just comments, feedback. If you like the show, don't like the show, I can take it. I'm a big girl. So send me your thoughts. Head over to SoMoneyPodcast.com. Click on Ask Farnoosh and I will respond in the coming weekends or weekends. And if you want a free 15-minute money session with me, as I've been giving away them once every week, every Saturday I announce a new winner, um, go to iTunes, leave a review. And every Saturday, I pick one new reviewer to get that free 15-minute money session. So if you're interested in that, hope you'll go for it. Thanks in advance. Thanks to my guest, Kimra Luna. So inspiring, right? I mean, I'm going to watch a bunch of her webinars after I get off this podcast. And uh, hopefully, um, I'll have a similar story to share in no time. Anyway, in the meantime, hope your day is so money. So money.